Churches are always trying to figure out how they can best reach those around them. And for those churches that sit in the middle of a neighborhood, an endless opportunity for relationships is sitting right in front of them. Epiphany Lutheran is seizing that opportunity as they connect with their neighborhood school. Hear all about it on this Action and Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. Thanks for joining us today. When I think about a neighborhood, particularly one close to an urban area, I think about houses and schools and restaurants and shops, and mixed right up in between all of those things are churches. I often think, what do the people who live here in the shadow of the church think about it? Do they know the Jesus they preach? Do they know the love of Jesus because they've experienced that love from the people in the church? Jared Irby is the Youth and Family Director at Epiphany Lutheran in South St. Louis. Epiphany is one of those neighborhood churches, and they found some cool ways to reach those people that live and go to school nearby. Jared, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Well, let's begin by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your neighborhood, and and maybe a little bit about Epiphany, too. So for myself, um, my wife and I, we also have a almost two-year-old daughter. So we moved to our neighborhood. We really love that area, St. Louis. And we said, well, let's go to our neighborhood Lutheran church. Pastor Ziegler was a pastor at the time. And he very much introduced himself, talked to us, and said, hey, one of the things that we really care about is being engaged um, with our school next door. So that rang all the bells and whistles in my wife's ears because she's also a teacher for St. Louis Public Schools. Uh-huh. So she was like, this is the greatest church ever because they actually <laughs> they do things. They, they care about the public school and they don't have some odd distance when they're actually next door. So we've been going there for a number of years and I now I have the opportunity to actually work for the church. I didn't work at the church before we started attending. So, you know, a lot of times with church work jobs, it usually moves there to the church to be workers there. So I feel very much a member participant as much as I do a worker. Yeah, you see, I, it is kind of a different progression, right? Like you moved to the community, you found the church, and then now here you are working at the church. Yes. Um, and so I, I hear, um, as you're talking, I hear like a really a deep investment, not only in the church where you're now working, but also the community. And I'm wondering, what are some of the opportunities as you look at your community? What are some of the opportunities for outreach that have stood out to you? For your church? So for our neighborhood, it's in Holly Hills, and it's unique in that there are sort of two different pathways for the people in the neighborhood. So we have a very big Catholic school and church presence in our neighborhood. So there's a history of sending your children to parochial schools, mm-hmm. and there's not a Lutheran elementary school that's in the neighborhood. So then with the public school, they kind of have a sort of wider orbit of everyone else. So... With the neighborhood getting much more diverse, a lot of immigrant families moving in. Traditionally, it's been a wealthier neighborhood mm-hmm. on a socioeconomic perspective, but now that's starting to widen. My neighbors next door are Pakistani. My upstairs neighbor is, well, she's technically a Brazilian descent, but she's from Vegas, so she's very <laughs> Americanized, you know. Um, and then my neighbors to the other side of me are very much an older white family. Yeah. 
so they've been there for 40 years. So it's just very much a Diverse. mix. Um, so that's the outreach. You sort of have the traditional ways to engage with people around events, neighborhood parties, sort of community engagement. Then there's also some new ways. So from everything from the ways to serve people, whether that's engaging with plenty of homeless people in the neighborhood. There's so many different nationalities. So there's ways for sort of cross-cultural engagement. And then we do a lot with the public schools. So there's many opportunities for that. So you said that the public schools, it's right next to the church. Mm-hmm. So they're close in proximity. I'm wondering how how Epiphany initially began the relationship with the public school. How did you start that? So interesting thing is the church actually started in the public school. Oh. The first service they had, 70, maybe 80 years now. It's, it's in yeah. that range. The school there, um, with St. Louis Public Schools having such a long heritage, they sort of birthed the church from there. Uh-huh. Um, so then they raised money and sort of built some things and added onto the church. We're there, so we've always had a relationship with the school. From a from a church perspective, like what are some of the obstacles that come along with working in a public school? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there are a few obstacles. I mean, a lot of what we do has to be sort of not overtly Christian, right? And then. A lot of what we do, we can't do a whole lot of things at the church. So we do host things. We have great opportunities to host things for the school. So we host ballet. Mm -hmm. Um, We do the ballet recitals. We'll do ice cream socials for the incoming kindergarten families. It's a way for the families to meet each other. And you host those things on site at the church. Yes, we host them on site at the church because it's just right next door. So we don't have a parking lot at the church. Uh Our parking lot is the school parking lot. So it's just very much. Yeah. We are sort of right there together. So a lot of the things that we have to do involve us actually spending time at the school and building those relationships. With the public school population, it's a little transient, especially in St. Louis City. You may start to build a relationship with teachers, staff, uh, students, and they may not be there for a very long time. So you kind of have to take the most of every opportunity. So what do some of the the projects work look like when you go into the school? What does it look mm-hmm. like? So I go once a week, and I go to classroom, and I read for an hour. Huh. And that's, uh, I read to a group of third-grade boys, and that's always a blast. Yeah. So that's just something simple. Um, you know, reading groups, there's many opportunities to just volunteer in, in the different clubs. Um, we're kind of looking at ways we can sort of have a better presence at some of the different events. Mm-hmm. Really cool thing is it's not that we're so much— Overseeing that, there are some major projects that we do oversee, but a lot of it is just really the community is all about it. You know, we're just essentially being neighbors. We'll go to a neighborhood party and we'll partnership with the school. So we do a a big sort of end of the school year party that's hosted at the school. Mm -hmm. So we just essentially offer up some organizational manpower, some volunteers, um, those sort of things. And it's not too much from our end. How do you bring the people in your congregation along with you? I mean, it sounds like this idea of being mm-hmm. partnering with the school is something that's that is a part of your church culture already. But uh, people have busy lives today. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you bring people alongside of you? How do people make space for volunteering at a school when maybe their kids don't go to school there? Maybe their kids are grown, um, you know, and they're not necessarily like like so closely related to the life of the school. How do you bring people into that? It's Definitely challenging to sort of have a very big unified effort. So 
obviously most people work during the day. Yeah. So I work for the church, so it's easy for me to leave and be like, I'm going to go next door and read for an uh-huh. hour for some of our members who are retired. Um, things like our ballet class are like really good opportunities for them to just come and spend time mm-hmm. with families. Um, we do a very big ESL. We host that on Wednesdays, and that sort of engages with the sort of community at large, um, the very, a lot of the non-native English speakers. So that's a great thing for people who may be just working part-time for them to be a part of. Um, and then we're being really blessed to be able to, even non-church members, have them come on board and say, hey, would you like to sort of help out, volunteer, even have some sort of paid positions and things of that sort. So we also feel like we kind of reinvested into the community. It sounds like it's something that kind of evolves and shifts over time as it um, as you look for new ways to connect mm-hmm. with each other. I'm wondering how how you've seen the relationships and also the relationship between the mission and the outreach shift over time. How has it changed? So over time, we have a good relationship uh, that grows with the staff at Warner. So this year, we just really started to create an actual committee of members from our church and people in the neighborhood and actually staff at Warner to just see what are some ways we can sort of grow the partnership. Just looking at how we can really serve the staff, the students, we're hoping to really sort of do the a little bit more with the professional development for the staff. Yeah. So maybe host like a retreat for them. The mission and outreach is usually shaped by the needs. So we're mostly trying to have some structures in place so we can be a little more fluid with how we can sort of be present and operate so we aren't very static in what we do. You've mentioned a few times now, like, the idea that there are these relationships that are being built between the church and the people on staff or the families in the school. And um, I'm wondering, as, like, as these relationships are built, have you seen opportunities to more intentionally be able to reach into their lives with the gospel message was sharing the truth of Christ with them. Yes. What I want to do with a lot of our church members is actually sort of prepare them for like, here are the moments where you actually be able to share the gospel. And it's not going to be at the moments you think you're on the steps of a school with a parent who is in need, you know, how do you speak the gospel to their life? What do you think the community, when the community looks at your church, what do you think your church is known for? Well, we're known for the church that always has the porta potties on Halloween. <laughs> so that's a that's a service. <laughs> yes, it is a service. So we have a, about I think we handed out no less than three thousand bags of candy this year. Okay. So we have one of the busier blocks in St. Louis for Halloween. I think maybe the busiest. Yeah. So you know they're always like every year, people are like, "Oh yeah, you guys are the ones who have the porta potties on Halloween." <laughs> Your presence at events. So like we'll go to like a neighborhood party. And we'll bring the big nine-square game. Like, oh, you guys have the nine-square. Oh, you guys do a lot of stuff with the school. Oh, so I think that those things over time, they're known for us. I hope that they would know Jesus through those things. Yeah, and as I hear that, I mean, thinking it's very thoughtful. Like, if there was a church in my community that Mm -hmm. was doing something like that, I would— I would think, well, they're thinking about my needs. Yes. Um, And so, you know, getting to be known for that is is kind of a nice thing, too. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe there's a church who's new at this. Maybe there are there's a, a youth and family director. There's yes, um, you know, somebody who's sitting in their congregation thinking, you know, there's opportunities like this right in my midst, um, and they don't really know if they have the resources available or the support available or um, the best ideas in their head to to start working for this. What advice would you give to somebody 
um, who wants to start engaging in their community a little bit more. If there is an opportunity that someone's like, hey, like this school has a need, go for it. Because, you know, it is something that is very rare. If it's just one or two people, just say, hey, we like to volunteer and read maybe or help out to do something. That's an easy way. Schools love that. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to have different faces around. Yeah. Um, so. I'm thinking the impact that uh, those third grade boys, the impact of you showing up for an hour a week to read to yes. them. Like that over time creates a lasting impact in the life mm-hmm. of a person. And um, you also said that, you know, it doesn't have to, like it doesn't start over like as overtly Christian. You, yes. You're building relationships. You're starting at steps one, two, and three and creating relationships and connections with the people in that space. And um, I really liked that piece of encouragement. I was encouraged by hearing you say that, that um, sometimes it doesn't have to be this big grandiose idea or even have all the pieces in play yet. You can just start with step one and um, just create a, a connection with somebody in that space. You're starting to find that a lot of the public school sector is becoming sort of the main place to really connect with yeah. people just in general. And so I think that there is... That need is only going to grow and grow. Well, Jared, I'm reminded that ministry is great fun by listening to you, that there's all of these really great opportunities, but that it can oftentimes be exhausting as well. And it requires diligence and perseverance, but um, it's always worth it. And I'm so encouraged by the stories that you've shared today. Um, and I'm inspired by the work that you're doing. And I hope that we're all able to look into our communities a little bit more and think, you know, where, where is the little piece that I can play in this um, in this puzzle? Like, where where is there something for me to be doing in that? So thanks for stopping by and oh, sharing with us welcome. today. It was great. I recently read an article that pointed out that in past generations, the theory, build it and they will come, was true for the church. But no longer. Outreach is challenging and necessary. People no longer want to go out of their way for things that they don't have to. And church is no different. The article suggests that perhaps the local neighborhood church and plugging into the community is a great way to reach those who need Jesus. This sounds a lot like how Jesus' disciples worked. Building relationships, word of mouth, spreading the gospel, neighbor to neighbor. Thank you to Epiphany Lutheran Church for setting an example, and thank you for joining us today. That's Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action, and send us an email.